Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Speaking this morning about a prophetic word that Andy Madonna brought to me and Cheryl on Monday morning. And um, it was, uh, it, it just sort of caught us um, by surprise, but it was a word that went very deep within my spirit to the point where I, I asked um, some of our, our prayer warriors to pray it through uh, and declare over the house this word. And it comes from Genesis. Um, um, it comes from Genesis. Uh, ooh, I'm closing everything down here. Here we go. Um, Genesis 26, 19 to 24. And this is a scripture. Let me read it to you. So also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying the water is ours. So he called the name. So they called the name, uh, the name of the well Asak because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sidna and he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Now, Asak and Sidna means contention and strife. And um, how many of you know that when the Spirit of God begins to move in the house that can, or the Spirit of God begins to move in your life, you see signs of blessing, contention and strife can also rise up to match that. Mm-hmm. See, that's the plan of the enemy. The plan of the enemy is to, to, um, to put a hindrance for you gaining access. So the enemy doesn't want you to gain access to the Spirit of God. And so he creates something called contention and strife around your life. But this is the prophetic word for the house, that God um, is causing us to dig another well. And, and, and here's the thing with Isaac's men. They didn't stay at a place called contention and strife. They just went on and moved and dug another well. And, and the Spirit of God, um, many years ago, back in 1997, we started prophetically, we just started declaring that we are unblocking the wells of this city and declaring that the wells of breakthrough will begin to, uh, 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 of the Spirit of God will begin to rush through the city and God was going to do a new work. And I really believe that that is a word for that. I, I, I want you to pray it through that we have now come to a place called Rehoboth, that the Spirit of God is opening up a fresh well of His anointing, that there will be no strife, there is no contention, that God is beginning to build a place of fruitfulness, that we can come to a place of prosperity. And here's the thing about Rehoboth. Rehoboth means a place, a wide place of streets. Right. So the spring, the the other springs was called contention and strife after what happened. But when the prophetic begins to move through the house, it causes us to call a place what it is not, but what it is called to be. They're in a land. There's nothing there. And he says this place is called Rehoboth, a place, a wide place, a place of open expanse where streets, in other words, where a city can be established. And so we're declaring in this house a place of Rehoboth, a wide place where the power of God can establish this city and begin to call those things which do not exist as they uh, uh, call those things which do not exist 
if they, as if they do. I can't get that sentence together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Struggling with my words this morning. So I really believe that the Spirit of God wants to do something fresh. So let's pray for the anointing, shall we, as I begin to bring this word to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your precious anointing. I thank you that there is a powerful impartation of your word into our lives. Let it um, unsettle and let it remove the, the, uh, the, the rocks and those things that have blocked the flow of your spirit. And we declare that your word will, will shift and break the hard ground and will, shall bring forth a spring of new life within our hearts. In your mighty name, amen. 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 I want to speak about the power of God this morning. And, and uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. And, and uh, in our 360 series, um, when, what we're doing is we're, we're speaking about the things that empower you to become ministers of the Spirit. One of the most important things that we've spoken about um, since last year is that we understand the culture, the vision of this church is one that we're a presence culture church, that we, that we understand that we, we are a church that values the presence of the Spirit of God. Amen? The second thing is that we are a church that empowers the congregation to be effective ministers in the house, all right? And, uh, and that, that, that ministry is not a stage thing, but ministry is something you carry within your heart yeah. for the city for we are called to be ministers out there, not ministers in here. Yeah. In here, we're family. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. In here, we're family. Out there, we're ministers. Yeah. And so while we minister to one another here, in here, it's a lot more practice than it is because it's for out there. Amen. Yeah. And so I, I want us to understand that it, it says here in Acts chapter one, verse six to eight, it says, Jesus was speaking to me. He says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Interesting note that here, with everything, Jesus had died, rose again, reappeared. All of these things had happened, right? And they still don't get it. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times and seasons the Father has put in his own Authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, the church has famously and earnestly preached the purpose of the gospel is to go to the ends of the earth, making disciples wherever we go. We speak of Matthew 28 and go and make disciples of all nations, and we speak earnestly about that. But here's the thing without the power of God, such a thing is not possible. Jesus said, wait here in Jerusalem until the power has come upon you and then go. So without the power, there is no go. Like without fuel, there is no, you wouldn't have got here in your car this morning. You wouldn't, without fuel or electricity, any, any electric car drivers yet? Amen. So... <laughs> <laughs> Don't waste your money. So uh, <laughs> maybe when technology's improved a bit. But <laughs> anyway, so um, the power of God is something that can someone stop that child? Okay. <laughs> it's my grandchild. <laughs> and uh, she was just saying amen in her own way. <laughs> You know, um, so I want us to understand that there is a power 
that comes from God, that we must understand the way and the flow of the power of God. But what we mustn't do is confuse the authority and the power of God. For we have authority. You hear me speaking about authority. There is a difference between the authority that comes from God and the power that flows from God. All right? So there is a two. Now, authority is something that we receive by commission. But power is something we receive by encounter. All right? Now, when you gave your life to Christ, you stepped into an entirely different kingdom. And in that kingdom came a list of covenant promises. You stepped into a kingdom of extraordinary wealth, an extraordinary flow of resource extraordinary blessings, an outpouring of great miraculous power. You stepped into a kingdom of no lack. You stepped into a kingdom of complete forgiveness and restoration. You stepped into a kingdom of such beauty and wonder and with it came a list of blessings and a list of empowerings that declares what kind of person you are in that kingdom. All right? And all of those things always exist all of the time. They don't change when you change. All right? How many of you have ever had in your Christian walk, in your faith walk, just found those moments where you don't feel so saved? (laughs) You don't feel so empowered. You don't feel so filled with faith. You're with me here. We all have those moments. You don't feel those but what God says about you doesn't change. The Bible says in in um, in Romans, uh, the Bible says in in Romans chapter eleven twenty nine. It says this. It says the gifts and call of God are without repentance. And what that means is that God, what God speaks over us, it's static. It's constant. It's it's always there. So there is an establishing of authority when when. Um, when Jesus spoke to Peter, Peter, uh, it's really important to understand this. See, Peter, Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say that I am? Let, let me just go there, will you? Matthew, um, Matthew 20, um, where is it? Matthew uh, 16, sorry. Matthew 16, 16 to 19 says this. So Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus answers and said to him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in who is in heaven, also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against you. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. All right? What's he getting? He's getting a commission. He said, Peter, what Jesus is saying, on this confession, you received a commission. So when we confess Christ, we received a commission from Christ. Hello, did everyone just go home? I thought that point was much better than the the response I got from the congregation. Let me say that. When you confess Christ, you received a commission from Christ. Amen. And so what happens is that as we confess him, so there is an empowering of 
commission that comes upon us, a declaration of our state of who we really are. This is the authority that has been given to me. I have full and total and absolute authority over all things. It has been given to me. All right? You read Ephesians chapter 1. We'll go to a little bit in Ephesians 1 a little bit later, but in Ephesians 1, it says that um, Christ has put all things to the church. He has all authority and he's given it to the church and placed it under our feet. We are the church, therefore we have all authority. You with me? Now, understanding the difference between authority and power is important because without that, you'll never know the full power flow of the power of God moving through your life. Now, I don't think this is a great metaphor. I, I couldn't think of a better one. So um, I was thinking um, on the news, um, we had our prime minister uh, going to Chequers, uh, which is a, uh, a government-owned 16th century mansion, uh, where prime ministers go to have their weekend retreats. And it's a very powerful, it's, very sort of, it's a very homely place, but a, a place of great negotiation. And, and we know that she went there um, to do some negotiating with her, um, with her ministers. And uh, she was there uh, with her cabinet ministers to agree on the Brexit deal. Now, here's the thing. The prime minister has all authority to govern the land. The authority has been given to her by the Queen when she became Prime Minister. That's the authority. But her power, this is where the metaphor falls down a little bit, but but the power, (laughs) but go with me, all right, because you'll understand, but the power comes not from the commission, but from the people who are working with her to do the job. We know that she has all authority to govern, But whether she has power or not is determined by the cabinet ministers that are working with her. You with me? And so we must understand that there is a difference between who you are in Christ in terms of your authority. That never changes. And your ability to do the job and to minister it in power, that does change. And it changes Because there is a difference in understanding of how the power of God flows through our life. And this morning I want us to understand that, see, Jesus said to the disciples and he spoke to them and he, he spoke over them. He said, wait here in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit shall pour power upon you. So power shall come upon you. Now, here's the thing. When Jesus speaks over um, them, he, they have already been ministering in power, but it wasn't their power, it was Jesus' power. Up until that point. Until that point, they didn't have any power. He was just ministering in the power that came from Christ. All right? Now that Jesus is gone, they, if Jesus is gone, he says, right, you're going to have to get your own power. He says, but here's the thing about the baptism of the Spirit. The power that was in Christ is the same power that's now in us. So, but you've got to have that power to be effective in the kingdom of God. Now, what causes the confusion, the problem is, we don't know what 
power us. If I say to you, you have authority, everyone knows what authority is. We know what authority figures are. We know how authority works in terms of the ability to exercise it, to be able to, the, the ability to, the definitions of authority. We understand authority. But if I'm say, I've I got to have authority, but I've also got to have power, what's the power? Yeah. So what is it? If, if I said to you, um, do you have any power in your house? You would understand I'm talking about electricity. And so you would translate power equals electricity equals a definition of electric flow. I understand if, have I got any electricity? If there's been a power cut and there isn't any power in the house, it means there's no electricity. And by that no electricity, I now know what it is I need to do to check to see where the problem is. You don't check the water taps to find where the power is. You you check the electric meter, you see whether that's flicked first because it's the electricity that's the problem, right? Because we speak about the power of God, we don't understand what the power of God is. Are you with me here? We just... We, we sense that the power of God is a flow of the, the spirit, but we don't understand what his power is in definition, in difference to say his authority is. So this morning, I, I want us to try and just break down what is the power of God and, and how it works. Now, let, let me read this to you because I, I want you to see this. Wait, <laughs> And kids are having a great time, aren't they? <laughs> so John 7, 37 to 39. He says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because he was not yet glorified. Now, Jesus said to his disciples, at that point, in, um, just before he was taken into heaven, he said, wait here for the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Here, he gives it in a different metaphor. He says, He says, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. He's speaking of the same moment. If you believe in me, the Holy Spirit, rivers of living water. So now we know that the Holy Spirit is being defined as a river of living water that will flow through your life. Now, I cross over the river um, Ithan every time I drive into Aberdeen. And um, it has, uh, for the pretty much all the winter, um, pretty much all last summer as well, been almost always in flood. And it's just been on that boundary line of just the, the river has been very full of water. So every time I cross, I look at the, the river and I see the river. The river is flowing and the water is flowing over it. When I come back, the same river, the same height of water still flowing. But it's the same river, but it's different water. Same river, different water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is the river, but the power is the water. Yeah. 
Now, I'm going to help you with this in a minute because you're still thinking, well, I still don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with me, all right? The Holy Spirit is the river. The Spirit of God shall flow out of your belly. Rivers will flow out of you. The power that flows from our life is determined by the size of the river that flows through us. Great rivers have more power than small rivers. But even a small river in flood has great power. There is a, there is a little uh, stream, uh, a tributary that, uh, is that the right, did I say that right? Sounds okay. So, that flows uh, down to the river Ithan, and uh, we sometimes go over it. It used to be a ford, but they've put a bridge, very low bridge, over it. And uh, sometimes I take the back route and I go, but it can often be in flood. It's a, it's a tiny river, right? It's just a stream. But in flood, it can be a good six foot higher than the road. And there are cars that have been swept away. <laughs> Our neighbor's car, I saw them driving a new car. Ooh, new car, that's nice. Yeah, the last one got swept away. <laughs> they tried driving through. <laughs> and uh, it was at the point that they were driving through was probably about sort of so high, but the force of it going through. So we understand that the river has great power, but the power is the water that's constantly flowing through our lives. Now here, I want you to see this because Jesus is speaking to the church and he's saying, I want you to understand that there is power, but what is the power? Now, let me go back. Um, go with me will you to John 16 go with me will you to John 16 I I want you to get this because John 16 and John 7 sort of sit together John 16 says this this is Jesus speaking to his disciples again he's speaking of the Holy Spirit however when he the spirit of truth has come He will guide you into all truth and he will speak not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Let's think back what Jesus said. Out of his belly, he who believes in me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Jesus says here, he gives a, he's not speaking in metaphor anymore, he's speaking in in, in actual, what's actually going to happen. He will guide you into all truth and he will speak not of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now, When we're asking God to do something powerful, when we're asking prayer, when we pray, we pray to God to draw from his bank, his resource of blessings that he would deposit it upon our lives. Correct? But we know in scripture that Jesus said everything the father has is mine. So let's imagine that this back wall here is is a vault and everything... In the vault belongs to the Father. And everything is in the vault. <laughs> All right? So we're imagining that everything's in the vault and, and 
And Jesus says, everything that is in the vault, the Father has given to me, it's mine. And then Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says to them, all things the Father is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take up what is mine, but he doesn't say he will give it to you. Hello? He doesn't say he'll give it to you. He says he will declare it to you. You see, the river of God is his word constantly speaking, declaring the things that are of God's over your life. That's his power. His power is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is the spirit of his truth, his revelation, his understanding. The things, the truth of God is being spoken and is being declared to you. So everything that the Father has is being declared to you. And the power that is in our lives is the, our ability to receive what has been declared and believing upon it. You see, every moment on your life, you know you struggle in your faith because you hear a word, but you don't respond to the full capacity of faith according to what you heard. Does that make sense to you? What is that? That's a jolly great big rock stopping the river from flowing through your life. Those who are able to minister, I'm, going to, I'm just so excited about Pastor Clem coming from um, Slovenia. Um, he's an incredible man of faith. I'm telling you, you've got to bring all your friends. You've got to bring your neighbors. When he speaks, you will be captivated by the stories, by the faith, by the extravagant faith that he has and just the way he lives his life. When you speak to him, he's just such a dear friend. And, and uh, I've been involved in his life for many years and, and just on the outskirts of his story. And, and um, that many years ago, he turned up to a meeting. And I think I told this a few weeks ago. He turned up to a meeting um, that I was preaching at. And I'd already received a love offering. It was a very generous love offering. I'd already received the love offering before I'd finished ministry. It was a very unusual scenario. The pastor said, I want to give you this. It was a, it was a very um, large wedge of cash. It's a very unusual situation. It was a little awkward. You're like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Thank you very much. Not sure what to do with it, right? And so I've got this wedge of, wedge of um, Slovenian cash. And, and I put it in my car and I hear the Holy Spirit say, give it to Clem. So I get to church and Clem turns up to church and, and I just see him. So I walk over, I take it out of my pocket and said, Holy Spirit just told me to give you this. He's a look of relief on his face because he turned up to church, but he didn't even have the money to get home and he lived over 50 miles away. But he knew that God had called him to go to church. He had no money when he got home, even if he could get home. He had no money to buy food. The Holy Spirit spoke into my heart to tell him, see, but really... It was his faith. It wasn't mine. I'm just going, have this, right? Yeah. It didn't really cost me anything because, yeah, I mean, it was just given to you. It didn't cost me anything. I was just transferring it. Yeah, <laughs> I, was just, I was just the, um, who were the guys that carry the food? I was the courier. I was one of the guys with the blue boxes and the bicycles. <laughs> That's what I was. I was just the guy transferring it from one place to another. And so I just gave him, and that was it. But his faith, right? 
He has this extraordinary faith. And what I've discovered with Clem, uh, as I have with a number of other people, is their ability to remove the rocks and just fully believe what is being spoken. See, the Bible says, he will take of what is mine. He will take, so, so the spirit will go into the vault. He will take of what is in there, healing, restoration, the kingdom of God. He will take of it. And he will declare it over you. See, the power of transfer is received in the revelation of what you will believe. The Bible says, he who believes in me. So as I believe in the Lord, rivers, the power that is the Holy Spirit, will flow through my life. Are you beginning to understand now? See, so what is the power? The power is the word that is being declared. That's the power. The power of God is what God says. Everything that is in the word, the Bible speaks of his word. That the kingdom of God exists according to his word. And his word is his power. His word changes everything. God said, let it be. In fact, uh, I was was talking to Chaz. I'm preaching a different message, aren't I, Chaz? I I said to Chaz what I was going to be preaching on. Entirely different message, and and uh, because I was I was thinking about preaching on 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 uh, Daniel one on ten times greater, and I maybe I'll I'll do that another another time. But but um, in Genesis one, uh, God said the Bible says God said, and He said it ten times. There's a there's a the power of ten is an incredible uh, study if you want to do that. Um, how God increases uh, His power by the power of ten in our lives to our natural life. To the power. If you if you if you take a person, if you look at a person at a meter from the ground, and you times it by the power of ten, if you're a meter above them, if you times it by the power of ten, you're standing by the sun looking at them. That's where you're. That's that's how far back you have to go. That's the power of ten, wow. right? So God, when Daniel in Daniel one, it says he was ten times greater. We're talking about a power of 10 that is flowing through. Like 10 is a really important number. Anyway, anyway I'm not getting in, into that. Just, some of you are just thinking I've gone weird, right? So, <laughs> but I, I, I want you to understand, see, the power of the Holy Spirit is his river that flows according to his word that he declares over you. What he has he takes of what is mine and he declares it to you. If he de- whatever he declares to you, he has given to you. But if he just gave it to you, there will be no believing. There will be no believing. And because there will be no believing, there will be no power in it. But if I believe what he has declared, then I become a partner in the river that flows through my life. And I receive, I remove from my life the unbelief 
and I believe in it, and the river of God is able to flow with extraordinary greatness. A flow begins, and even if the, my, the river of the Spirit of God, I receive by an encounter of the Holy Spirit. You see, we, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit comes by encounter, but it must be stewarded by faith to grow and increase. Little Isabella, she's upstairs now, feasting. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Isabella is, uh, is, is just this little fragile baby, two, nearly three weeks old. Tiny baby. We've got lots of lovely little babies in the house. There's little babies. In the, but there's extraordinary power in a baby, right? If you took a child from point of conception, if they carried on growing at that rate, at the age of five, they'd be over 70 feet tall. That's that's a lot of power, right? There's a lot of power in a child, right? But it's a little child, and the way to get the maximum capacity of that child is to steward the flow of power in that child to make sure they grow to their full capacity. You with me? You steward it. The power's there. You've got to steward it. The Holy Spirit has been received by an encounter. We receive him by an encounter of his spirit. But to steward it, we have to believe in his word that he declares to us. And that begins to unlock the rocks that build up in our life. And it empowers the spring flow of his spirit that is flowing through us. We are stewarding his spirit that is flowing through us. We, we receive by encounter, but we increase by stewarding. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.